Oh God, our Father, help us in the study of your word to find guidance for our problems, strength for our temptations, power for our task, and comfort for our sorrows, as well as your fellowship in our loneliness. When we are restless and distracted, let your word calm our troubled hearts with the peace that passes understanding. In the study of your word, open your hand and satisfy our need. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Gospel of Matthew has five great discourses, <coughs> each one of which is followed by a narrative unit. A reading from Matthew's Gospel today is a part of the narrative section that follows the second great discourse, which dealt with commissioning the disciples for mission. Our reading starts midway through the 11th chapter of Matthew. Earlier in this chapter, John the Baptist had sent some of his disciples to ask Jesus a question. The question was, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus responded, go report to John what you hear and see. Those who were blind are able to see. Those who were crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. So you notice that Jesus pointed out the things that he did, not all his teachings, but what he was doing. So then Jesus tells them plainly, that John, John the Baptist, is the one of whom it is written by the prophet Malachi, look, I'm sending my messenger before you who will prepare your way before you. So now, listen for God's word for us as Jesus talks to the crowd about who they are and about who he is. To what will I compare this generation? It is like a child sitting in the marketplace calling out to others, we played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a funeral song, and you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. Yet the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunk, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved to be right by her works. Well, here the lectionary has a skip a few verses down to the 25th verse, basically moving past the verses where Jesus says, Woe to Bethsaida and Capernaum, a couple of cities where he had done his greatest miracles. The woe was because they didn't change their hearts and lives. So continuing at verse 25, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and shown them to babies. Indeed, Father, this brings you happiness. My Father has handed all things over to me. No one knows the Son except the Father, and nobody knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I am gentle and humble and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, 
and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Are you willing to dance? Are you willing to mourn? The people Jesus was talking to wouldn't do either one. How about you? What will you do? Our verses from Matthew 11 tell of a flute player and a wailer. Well, I'll tell you, John the Baptist, he was the wailer. No, not the Jonah, not the Jonah kind of wailer. But he was a prophet who had a mournful message. Repent, repent, he wailed. John the Baptist lived in a deserted area. He wore unusual clothes and he had a diet that made most of us wail. Locusts and honey. I can give for the honey, but I don't know about those locusts. John was a wailer and the people said, that man, that man's got a demon. By contrast, Jesus, well, he played the flute. According to Tom Long, who's a Presbyterian preacher who taught at a Methodist seminary, Jesus came with merriment, kingdom joy, and compassion. Well, Jesus explained why he ate with tax collectors and other sinners. Back in the ninth chapter of Matthew, we read that as Jesus sat down to eat in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners joined Jesus and his disciples at the table. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? The disciples did not answer, but when Jesus heard it, he said, healthy people, healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. Go and learn what this means. I want mercy, not sacrifice. I didn't come to call righteous people, but sinners. John the Baptist was too austere, too unsociable, and Jesus was too sociable, too inclusive, and especially about including the wrong kind of people. You might say that the, this generation Jesus was talking about, they had what I'd call a Goldilocks problem. When John the Baptist went out to the wilderness wearing funny clothes and eating an odd kind of diet and preaching a prophetic message of repentance, they said, oh no, that's too mournful. But when Jesus came to regular towns and wore regular clothes and ate regular food, drank regular wine and kept company with Regular people. They said, oh no, he's too, he's too something. <laughs> they wanted redemption, but neither John the Baptist nor Jesus the Christ fit their idea just right. I say, they had a Goldilocks problem. Well, you remember the question that brought, uh, that the disciples of John brought Jesus? Are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? These people would have answered, well, we're still shopping around. <laughs> the second part of our reading from Matthew 11 basically has three parts. There's a thanksgiving and a proclamation, and third, an invitation. First, the thanksgiving starts in the 25th verse where Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and shown them to babies. The focus here is simply that God's gift of insight is available to the people who haven't predetermined what God can do or can't do. 
the people and the cities that were named in the verses we left out, they were like a lot of people today. They, they felt confident in their own wisdom. They believed themselves self-sufficient, maybe even self-made. They didn't see any need for Jesus, and they didn't see much use for God. They were sure they were right, too sure. But secondly, there's the proclamation. That starts at the 27th verse. Jesus proclaimed, My Father's handed all things over to me. No one knows the Son except the Father. Nobody knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Well, that's a complicated set of sentences to read, much less to hear. But here's the bottom line. Jesus is the way that we know God the Father. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us who reveals to us the nature of God and how to live, how to live in God's grace. Now third, I said there was an invitation from Jesus. Come to me, all you who are struggling, carrying heavy loads, I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear. My burden is light. Our tendency is to be cafeteria Christians. We, we pick out not, not just the parts of the Bible we like, ooh, I like this verse, but even choosing the parts of Jesus' message we like and then kind of putting aside the parts we don't really care for. Like, we're kind of like the people that they see a bowl of mixed nuts and they eat up all the cashews and all the Brazil nuts and all the almonds and they leave the lowly peanuts. Although those of us raised in Georgia think peanuts are golden, right? They're like the children who eat the meatloaf and they eat the mashed potatoes and they shove that spinach to the side. No, thank you. We cherish the comforting words. Come to me, all you are struggling. I'll give you rest. We cherish it because we know struggle. The loads we carry are often heavy. We long to lay our burdens down and to find rest, and Jesus invites us all to come to him and find that rest we long for. Now, as comforting as these words are, they do not mean that following Jesus is going to be easy. Just read over the things Jesus tells us to do in the Sermon on the Mount. See if that sounds easy. But wait. There's more to that invitation. Jesus says to put on my yoke. Well, most of us don't have a lot of yoke experience these days. Well, those who sew may think of a yoke as part of a dress or other garment that goes over the shoulders, around the neck. But the main yoke, the yoke that was familiar to the people he was talking to, was a wooden cross piece fastened over the necks of two animals attached to a plow or a carton, something they were gonna pull. A device to let two animals work together, like oxen, pulling a plow, or hauling a load. But also, in the Old Testament, yoke often symbolized imperial or harsh rule. You can read it in Isaiah, you can read it in Second Chronicles about the heavy yoke of the oppressors. In ancient Rome, a yoke was an arch of three spears under which if your army got defeated, you had to march under that yoke. 
You see, in this case, even an icon, a symbol of oppressive imperial power, especially Roman rule, became a symbol of God's kingdom. There's a fellow in Texas who's a seminary professor, Dr. Lance Pape. He has written that the easy yoke Jesus is offering us is not freedom from work, but freedom from onerous labor. He says that the soul-sick weariness comes from work to which we are ill-suited, work that's extracted under compulsion, motivated by fear. Poppy says that weariness can come from, it can also come from having nothing at all to do that truly matters. He suggests that the easy yoke means something, having something with purpose to do, something that demands your all, that summons your best, that means work motivated by passionate desire to realize God's kingdom. To accept the yoke of the gentle and humble Lord is to embrace the worthy task that puts the soul at ease. So listen again to the words of Jesus, but this time in that King James Version. We hear sung so beautifully in the Messiah. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thanks be to God. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus calls you and me to change. If you're content, satisfied, you'll find little of value here. But if you are weary, you will find rest. If you feel accused by others or even by yourself, you will find forgiveness. If you feel abandoned, you will find fellowship. If you feel disappointed, you will find relief. If you feel hurt, you will find healing. If you feel misunderstood, you will be known, loved, and accepted by God Almighty and Jesus Christ, our Redeemer.